Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Terrible 20s. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This week, we have a very special guest on the show. We have my mom. Say hi, mom. Hi, everybody. How is everybody doing? <laughs> I think everyone's doing pretty good this week. And the topics we're going to cover is going to be tackling life in your 20s from the perspective of a immigrant. Are you excited for today, mom? Very excited. We got our margaritas. We made some pre-show margs. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> we're, oh my God. <laughs> we're basically like almost done with them, but that means it'll just be like an even better show, right? <laughs> of course. But without further ado, let's get started. Mom, can you introduce yourself to the people? Tell them hey, who you are. Hey everyone. My name is Maria. I am from a very small town. Mexico is called La Presa Jalisco. Just to give people a bit of an insight before we get to your 20s, can you describe to them what life was like when you were growing up in La Presa Jalisco? Growing up in La Presa Jalisco, like I said, it's a very small town. Mm -hmm. Life, it was a little hard, a little tough. I never feel because it was the way that everybody lived there. Right. But once, once I moved on, once, once I moved to the biggest city, I start noticing that, wow, what a tough life was in the small town. And how many people do you think were in your town? Just to give people like a better perspective. Probably around um, 500 to 700 people. Oh my it's God. a small town. That's less than how many went to my high school. Yeah, right That's now crazy. it's growing so much. Probably right now it's around 7,000 people. So mm -hmm. it has been growing a lot. But still relatively small, though. It's so, like, Austin or, like, a of course, city of course. like that. This is a small town. Okay, very cool. And then, I, I don't know if we've mentioned this yet, but you've told me stories about growing up on the farm. So, can you describe to us some of the tasks that you were taught to do as a kid, like, you were responsible for, and then also, like, how that was like, just that experience with your siblings, just tending to the farm? As a young kid, I used to wake up every single day at 5 o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. prepare the corn to take it to the mill, to make the masa, to make the tortillas, and then after that, get ready for school, mm -hmm. go to school, come back from school, get ready to go and take the lunch to the workers at the farm, which was my father and my siblings. Help at the farm, we took them lunch, after that we helped them out with the task over there. At the end of the day, we ended up walking about 10 miles back oh home. Oh my God. Just going from like your house to the farm every single day back and forth? Every single day, about 10 miles. Jeez. If you wouldn't have a horse at the moment, we needed to walk because the smarted kid always get the horses. So if you didn't, didn't uh, get up on time, yeah, you needed to walk about 10 miles to get to the farm. And that's crazy because people have a hard time hitting 10,000 steps in a day. You were hitting, oh my God, probably like 50,000 steps. I love doing that. Yeah, so you didn't feel tired or anything. It was I just didn't. normal. It was something completely normal. It was like an everyday life. And did you end up completing your education or was there a certain point where your responsibilities for your family and working on the farm took over from your education? Some of that it took over from my education, but I was always eager to learn. At the age of 18, I decided to move to a bigger city. I started working with a dentist and I became a dental assistant. Mm -hmm. I worked over there for a few years. Then at the age of 22, I decided that I want to come to the States. Ooh, that's so exciting. for a better life. But before, before we get to 
ahead of ourselves. We're not at the terrible 20s just yet. So we want to know a little bit more about your past. Okay. So I know you said you moved to a new city at 18, but did you complete high school or did you get that formal education or what inspired you to move? I complete high school in my small town. Okay, nice, nice. And then what did your parents say when you decided to move to a new city for the first time at 18? Of course, they didn't want it because they wanted the help. They were going to lose two hands helping in the farm. Yeah. Father was very upset. They did not allow any of his uh, girls to leave the town, especially without getting married. And why do you think he had that mentality of you had to be married to be able to leave? Most of the people in that town back in the days, they used to get married at the age of 14 or 15 years old. (laughs) Oh my God. Never. No way. For me being 18, it was like, what? Are you living in the town without getting married? No way. What would you have said if I got married at 14? Oh my gosh, no way. <laughs> You're just a child. You yeah, need to complete your education. People who are yeah. 14, they're like, they're a baby still. They were kids. Yeah, of course. No, so definitely they had like the traditional mindset. Of you have to have the husband to maintain your family, to have that home life structure, right? That you couldn't succeed on your own, basically, Correct. is what I'm hearing. And you wanted to prove them wrong. Correct. And what do you think ignited that fire within you that you were like I'm moving to a new city I'm not going to be like the rest of my family I was eager to learn I didn't want to marry at that age Mm -hmm. I felt like it was so much to learn before getting married I didn't want to marry somebody from that town it was such a small town and I didn't want to end up over there well good for you for realizing that and can you tell us a bit about this next town that you moved to what what was the name and what were you doing in this new town the name of the city it was Aguascalientes mm-hmm. I started working as uh, with a dentist so I worked with them or well, I worked with the best dentist until I was 22 years old did you enjoy your time as a dental assistant in the city actually not really you didn't no but my father after all he always wanted to have a dentist in the family mm-hmm. So he was so extremely happy that I was working with a dentist after all. And he was hoping that one day I will become a dentist. Yeah. But actually, I couldn't deal with blood and all that. So Me neither. All Nasty. over those years, I was like, oh my gosh, this is not exactly what I wanted to do. But I just wanted to get away from the town, from the small town. But so you yeah. just knew it was kind of like a I stepping a stone. It was a stepping stone in your life for you Correct. to get a better life. Correct. And I actually learned a lot during those years that I was working with the dentist. So it was a learning experience. What do you think was the most valuable thing you learned being by yourself for the first time in a new city with a completely new job and career? Oh my gosh. It was challenging. But what do you think was the top lesson you learned? Just stay confident. Mm-hmm. Be confident in yourself. You will succeed. And how did you keep that confidence? Did you do like affirmations or like mantras or meditate or go on walks? Or what was the way that you found best to like maintain that? Because that's hard. That's not an easy thing to do on a daily basis to keep your confidence. What Probably, would you do? I used to walk and run almost every other day so probably that kept me sane yeah no that's amazing i mean running is like meditation that's what we did during the pandemic now let's set the scene for when you are 20 years old this is about the time when you're starting to get antsy at your dental assistant job and you want to start thinking about moving to the u.s but you're not sure what your family's gonna think what happened when you broke the news to your family that you are moving to the u.s I went back to my town. I used to go every weekend, but that specific weekend, I went back and I talked to my father that I wanted to move to the U.S. And he thought that I was crazy. Again, he said, none of my girls leave the house without getting married. Mm-hmm. 
And you must get married before you leave this place. Leave the house, let alone move to a different country. Um, so yeah, I was like, no, Dad, forget about it. Yeah. I am not planning any soon to get married. So yeah, he was very upset. Back then, one of my brothers had become, uh, one of my younger brothers had become with a schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. So he was like, you know what? After all, if you really wanted to live, you can live, but you must, you must take your sick brother with you. Oh my gosh. And I was like, oh my gosh, dad, but he's sick. Yeah, that's How a big I responsibility. Take... It's not my son, it's my brother, but it's not my son. How can I live with him? Mm -hmm. um, what happened if something bad goes in the wrong or he has one of those episodes? Yeah. Because schizophrenia can be a very tricky mentally sickness. Mm -hmm. You never know when it's going to hit the next episode. But anyway, I thought and I thought all night. I couldn't sleep at all. Mm -hmm. The next morning I get up and I was like, you know what, Dan? Thought about it and I'm leaving. I am taking my brother. I am taking my sick brother. Then he said, well, I think thought we have only one mental sick person in the family but it seems like and now we had two. Oh my gosh so he literally thought you were crazy yeah absolutely he thought that i was extremely crazy but i was like i don't care that i'm leaving and i'm living with my brother so i talked to my brother he was of course an schizophrenic kid he got so excited he was like yeah. yay we're going to the states yes let's pack and go so yeah we start hitting the road and what told you that this was the right thing you were supposed to do in your life because moving to a different country let alone moving to like a new city is scary that's not something that's easy for a lot of people did you have like maybe a gut feeling or or just something that told you or signaled to you that this is what I'm supposed to be doing and I know that this is the right choice. I think so, I did. And I just wanted to follow my... Can you describe a little bit what that feeling is, just in case? Maybe like some people, they're not necessarily moving countries, but they might be in like a difficult situation. Can you describe to us verbally like what that feeling was that told you yes? Oh my gosh. It's hard to describe, but it was like a feeling in my gut telling me that, okay, there is a better place besides this small town in Aguascalientes. Just follow your dreams, Maria. If you're not happy over here, just follow your dreams. No, that's incredible. And for people listening today that might have a dream, maybe it's something for their career, or maybe it's a hobby they want to start, or maybe it's moving just like you. What is the best advice you could give them if they're nervous to even try or to even look into it? Oh, don't be nervous. You will never get far away if you're nervous. So embrace the chaos. You need to be ready to just hit the road mm -hmm. and rock and roll. Okay, I love it. Yeah. Free-spirited, happy. Okay, so you've made up your mind. You're going to come to America. Where do you want to go? So many options. It was so many options. But at the same time, I used to have a brother that lived actually here in Austin and one in Orlando. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, probably I will land in Austin or probably I will land in Orlando. So, so it was between like, the two. two. Those two options, yes. And what did you know about Austin and Orlando before going there? Orlando, Disneyland. <laughs> Everything about a dream. And about uh, Austin? What did you think about Austin? When I hit Austin, I was like, oh, perfect. I don't need to go to Orlando. Austin is just so quiet and beautiful. People are very friendly here. So yeah, it was, it was amazing. But what do you think it. Austin was going to be like before you made your decision to come? Before you saw it in person? I thought it was going to be something similar than Aguascalientes. But it's a bigger city. <laughs> Way bigger city. So, and I love big cities. And can you tell us a bit more about your journey to Austin, Texas? Like, how did you get from Aguascalientes? 
to Austin. We took a bus. We took a bus for about 22 hours um, to get to the border. After we got to the border, we crossed the river swimming. Mm -hmm. Then we walk for about two nights. Oh my gosh. Um, one day and two nights. So it was, it was an adventure. Were you scared at all or what was going through your mind when you started your Actually, hike? Actually, I was not scared at all. For me, it was more like hiking. It was such a beautiful adventure. So me, that was, was your meditative like state. That was when you yes. were most calm hiking. Yes. It was in the dark, beautiful hiking. Yeah, it was just an amazing adventure. And when you first got to Texas, what was the first American meal you remember eating? Oh my gosh. Probably the hot and spicy chicken sandwich at McDonald's, <laughs> which was amazing. That's still the one Joke. we ordered today. Today, I love the spicy chicken sandwich. Did you get it with the hot fudge sundae back then too? Of course, that was a must. So y'all, the go-to meal we're talking about, and my mom and I still order this to this day, and it hits every single time. You get a hot and spicy chicken sandwich, you get your favorite ice cream, whether that be the McFlurry, which it has to be the Oreo flavor, uh -huh. or the hot fudge sundae, and you have a little bite of sweet and a little bite of salty, and it's the best. The, the best meal best. from McDonald's in the world. Yes, it was only 99 cents. I don't think it's on the dollar menu anymore. I don't think so. But back in the days, it was like, oh, I have a dollar. I can just go and get my hot and spicy chicken sandwich. I was uh. broke. <laughs> Those were the times. Oh, so my gosh. 99 cents. Okay, I got a meal. No, that's perfect. And what did you end up doing when you first got to the U.S.? Like, what was your first job? Did you go back to dentistry or what did you want to do? Oh, my gosh. It was something completely different than working in a dentist office. Mm -hmm. At the dentist office back in Aguascalientes, it was completely different. Every single day I need to dress up nicely, wearing high heels all day long. I get to the U.S., and it was something completely different. My first job, it was remodeling apartments. Whew, so you got down and dirty with the remodels, doing all the construction work. Yes, from being in high heels into working boots. Complete yeah, 360. Completely different. <laughs> Did you like it? Were you happy? I was very happy, actually. Extremely happy. It didn't matter what I did. I always set on my mind that it didn't matter what I did or what I was doing as long as it was a decent job everything was going to be just fine that's amazing and yeah. it's super difficult and admirable too to have such a positive mindset especially when you're in your early 20s in a new country doing something completely new how do you keep that what do you do to stay so positive probably something that I grew up with just being always since I was a young kid I was always very positive mm-hmm even though we live in a small town, living very little, um, I was always very positive, always happy, energetic, always helping others. Mm -hmm. So yeah, always happy and positive. Do you think it has to do with doing gratitudes and just being grateful just for whatever you have in your situation? I think so. That has to do a lot with, mm -hmm. yes. So do you think that if people that are listening to this today, they're struggling maybe with their own like mental state and this is not health advice by any means but if they're trying to become a little bit more positive in their mindset would you recommend doing gratitudes like in the morning maybe right before they go to bed or what would you recommend they do absolutely first thing in the morning and before they go to bed 
Yes. And that was actually something that you made us do as kids. Every night before we would go to bed, I remember we would say our little prayer. And then Mm -hmm. you would also make us say three things that we were thankful for for that day. Uh Every single night before going to bed. Every single night. You must do that. Yeah, no, that's definitely amazing. So, okay, you're remodeling homes. You're doing the thing. Did you stay remodeling homes for the entirety of your 20s or did you move on to something else? I ended up getting married at the age of 24. Mm -hmm. So I started working in something completely different. I started working in a Chinese restaurant. And again, I was extremely happy, but then I became pregnant with your brother and um, I got fired because I was pregnant. Oh my gosh, (laughs) literally just for being pregnant? And actually, that was the only time of my life that I got extremely sad, extremely sad because I was fired. And it literally because was for I being got pregnant. Fired and they say you're pregnant, you cannot be here working in the kitchen because you might fall or something and you are married to an American person. He will suit us if something <laughs> happened in the restaurant. Oh my gosh. So I got fired <laughs> for being pregnant. You never told me that part of the story. <laughs> that's crazy. Okay, well, let's back up. You're moving to the Chinese restaurant. That's, that is something completely different. That's the polar opposite from dentistry and from working remodeling. in remodeling. And by this time of you living in the U.S., you've been here for just about four years, right? When you start working at the Chinese buffet and you get married? Mm-hmm. Yes. Did you know English fluently or how well were you able to speak English? I didn't speak English at all. I never learned <laughs> Nothing? because I was extremely busy working. <laughs> oh gosh. And were there ever and any I work times? Only with, I work only with Mexican people remodeling right. or Latino. So I never got the opportunity to learn English. There wasn't the need. You didn't feel forced because Correct. you're with people from your own community. So like Correct. why, why learn yeah. a different language? Then I ended up getting married your father and he spoke Spanish. So it was good enough. Spanish enough to commu- for the both of yeah. us to communicate. So it was not a reason for me to learn mm-hmm. English. No, that definitely makes sense. And did you ever run into any situations where something was lost in translation? Like maybe something funny where someone was trying to say something and you thought it was something else? Actually, it was while I was working at the Chinese restaurant. Yes, it was this person that used to come over, this guy that used to come over to the restaurant every single day. And even though I couldn't speak English, he kept talking to me, smiling and laughing and all that. And Mm -hmm. the only thing that I said, yo no lo entiendo. And he kept talking and talking and so friendly. I mean, his voice was very friendly. I couldn't understand anything that he was saying, but he was very friendly. Mm -hmm. After a while, he ended up giving me a note, a written note. Oh, and I was like, oh, maybe it's a thank you because he come and sit down at the tables that I need to clean up every single day. Like a loyal customer. Yes. Yeah. Probably he just writing a thank you note. Mm -hmm. I took it to your father to read the note. And oh my gosh, he was like, oh, Maria, he's hitting on you. He said that you agreed <laughs> to meet with him and he's waiting for you at this address and all that. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Love letter. Oh my gosh. So anyway, that was funny. But um, did you ever see yeah. him again? No, no, no. After that one time, I saw him again, of course. Yes, I saw that. I saw him again. He kept going every single day. But after that one time, I switched tables. I didn't clean up the a specific area mm-hmm. so i trade sites with another uh cost with another uh, 
co-worker. So yeah, because he just feel awkward that that guy was hitting yeah. at me and I couldn't even understand him. And I was married anyway. <laughs> so situation so, avoided. Yeah. And I was so in love with you, so in love with your father. So yeah, I didn't want it to be doing it, doing anything disrespectful. And Oh my God, that's hilarious. So that yeah, you took the note from him and he was probably like, I, I got this in the bag. Like, this girl totally likes me. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Oh, God. Okay, let's move on. So, you get married. You're still pretty young, 24. Yes. You have your first kid pretty soon after, almost a year exactly after you get nine married. Nine months after we got married. Exactly, exactly nine, nine months. months. They did not waste <laughs> any time, y'all. No time to have my big brother. <sighs> What was going through your head? Because that is fairly young to start a family. Did you feel ready? Were you happy? What was going through your thoughts in that time? I think so. I was, I was ready to, uh, to have a family. I always wanted to get married and have two kids. I wanted to have twins. That, way my, that was one of my <laughs> big dreams, that I always wanted to have twins, a yeah. boy and a girl. And if I didn't have uh, twins, I still wanted to have a boy and a girl. And my dream came true. It was your brother and you. So it was perfect. No, that's incredible. Yeah. And even though we weren't twins, you definitely yeah, made us I gotta stop. like twins. <laughs> like twins. Yeah, you guys are so attached to each other that it seems like I got the twins that I always wanted. Growing up, for yeah. everyone listening, <laughs> we were forced to do everything together, which made us be super close, which I'm grateful for. But yes. like... We would go to every single same summer camp together. My brother did Boy Scouts, so I had to do Boy Scouts. Like I did not do Girl Scouts because that wasn't cool enough. If Michael did a sport, I had to do a sport. So we were very, very close growing up. From basketball to soccer to wrestling. We everything. did it all together. Everything. It was crazy. Your relationship, you were very young, you were very happy, and that's always good to hear. But did you put your career and passion on the back burner, or were you able to balance that too? Like keeping your goals, but also having kids and raising a family, because that's a big responsibility. That That is a full-time job in and of itself, being a mom. That was my full-time job. After I got married, well, after I got the kids, after mm -hmm. I got you guys, I was a full-time mom and a full-time wife yes that's amazing i think extremely, there's a huge stigma with that too happy that's good and yeah there definitely is a huge stigma with that too of moms that want to be full-time moms i feel like people now they look down on it almost like they think it's a bad thing for some reason and i don't agree i think it's your choice like it's, you can decide whatever you want to do if you want to be a, a full-time mama if you yes. want to be working and a full-time mama but what would you say to the moms that are listening today if they're deciding if they want to stay home or if they want to work or just any advice to help them balance that time in life when they have babies that are young if they can if financially they can afford to stay home mm -hmm. to be a full-time mom that will be the best thing ever you think it's better for the kids? Those are the most wonderful, wonderful, and lovely years mm -hmm. uh, that I spent with you guys when you guys were young, my babies. But you guys grow so fast. If they can afford financially, I recommend for them to stay. Stay home, enjoy to the time. To stay home, enjoy the time. And also, take some time for themselves. It's very, Ooh, very yeah. important. But how do you Not do that as a mom? with the kids. For me, it was a little bit challenging because I was basically a full-time mom and a wife. We didn't have the resources to pay for a babysitter mm. or a nanny or anything like that. But if you would go back in time 
If we got the resources, I will do that. Absolutely. To do date nights to and travel. Take some time with your husband, with your partner, and just leave the kids with the nanny, with the babysitter. Yeah. Get to know your partner. Spend some time with your partner. Mm-hmm. I think so. that is very, very important. To remember the relationship doesn't end when you have kids, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Now that you have these kids and they're being raised in the U.S., I mean, it's a very different way of raising kids than what you were used to seeing in Mexico. I mean, you came from a family of 15. Correct. That is, that is a full house of babies. And then you are raising a family of, of two kids. So it's a smaller house. Were there Mexican values that you still wanted to instill into Michael and I when we were growing up as babies? Mm-hmm. And what were some of those values? Respect, mm-hmm. love, love is a must, and respect is a wonderful combination. I think that's yeah. huge in the Hispanic culture, like yeah. being more affectionate than in the American mm-hmm. culture, for sure. Mm-hmm. And now what about language? Was it important for you that your kids knew Spanish growing up, or was that not so important to you? It was very important, yes. It's the reason that we always kept Spanish at home, mm-hmm. because we knew that you guys were going to learn English or any other language at school. So it was very important for us to keep the language at home. Are there any other like Mexican traditions you remember that you were like, I have to teach my kids this, like they have to learn? Eat together, do stuff, family things together on the weekend, Mm -hmm. stay connected as a family. You as someone that was from Mexico and predominantly spoke Spanish still in public to my brother and I when we were little babies, did you feel like you ever were in a situation where people discriminated towards you because you were from Mexico and they could hear that in your accent or they could see that from you physically? Was there ever a time that someone said a comment or made you feel uncomfortable? The only time it was when I took you out and they said, oh, are you the nanny? Oh, this little blondie? Because when you were a baby, you were completely, completely blondie. I look more brunette um, now, but I was almost like platinum blonde as a baby, guys. And my mom um, had brown hair, like so dark yeah, brown hair. For most people, I was the nanny. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, it's, it is my own child. This is my princess. This is my blood. <laughs> This is my Mexican baby. Guys, I was skeptical too. I took a 23andMe or Ancestry, one of those DNA tests, but we are fully <laughs> related. We are blood related. But that was the only time. That was the only time. And yes. what, what would you say to people? Did you ever feel yeah. hurt or you took it as a joke more so? Sometimes it was a little bit um, weird. I got a weird feeling, but most of the time I just laugh and I was like, no, no, no. This is my, this is my baby. This yeah. is my princess. Yeah. No, I think that's definitely good to not take anything too personal. Yeah. To get butthurt about little jokes and comments like that. Yeah. Yeah. No. To take things very personally, I was, and I am not that type of person ever. Mm-hmm. So we're getting towards the later part of your 20s. You still have your kids. Michael and I are growing up. We're getting a little older, and you start working again. But you didn't actually find your career path that you stuck with for the remainder of your life until you were out of your 20s, right? I was in my 30s. And did you ever feel stressed out at any point in your 20s that you were like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I want to do. I know that I I want to work and I need to work, but I'm just not doing what feels right yet. Yes, all the time. Would you feel stressed or upset or how'd you feel? A little bit confused. Mm -hmm. 
I felt a little bit confused because I didn't even know what I wanted to do. I always have a passion to work with children, but since you guys were very young, I didn't even know what to do mm -hmm. until I was in my 30s. Mm -hmm. Then I was like, okay, I need to follow my passion and I need to follow my dreams. Yeah. So yeah, I wasn't working, but I always had a house full of children, mm -hmm. full of your friends. I always loved working with children and um, so in my 30s, I decided that I wanted to, this is what I wanted to do, just focus and work with children. And she is a real life Nanny McPhee. If you ever <laughs> saw that movie, that's what I like to call my mom because she can like take care of any kid, even if they're a problem child, like she will make them into a perfect angel, <laughs> angel baby. She will establish your newborn's routine. She can do, she can do it all. Five stars on babysit.com or what is it called? Care.com, I think. Care five star, five star for Maria. Oh my God. But You're do so you, sweet. do you ever, how do I want to phrase this? What advice do you want to give people today that are listening that might also not have their dream job that they thought they would have in their 20s? Or maybe they're trying to rush that process and they're trying not to enjoy or try new things or experiment or anything like that. Maybe they feel stressed out too. What would you tell them today if they're just super stressed out about not having their dream job yet? Please don't stress out. Just follow your dreams. And it's just one step at a time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't come from... Uh, day to night or night to day sometimes it will take it will take a while right until you find exactly what you wanted to do mm -hmm. so for me it was in my 30s and it was perfect i just love it so i feel like oh i didn't wait that long it was just perfect timing yeah yeah no that's beautiful and i think this is also another testament that it's important to take note of what you enjoy doing because I think people forget to slow down in life and think about what they're doing because you said you always enjoyed having kids in the house you always enjoyed taking care of people and that's mm -hmm. that's exactly what you do now you take care of kids and that's what you're passionate about mm -hmm. but you didn't think that was a career option back then you didn't even know that was a choice back in the days, no but you loved doing it I always yeah I was always doing it but eventually when I hit my 30s, I was like, okay, this is exactly what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. finally. So do you think it's, it's a good idea to like sit down, think about what you really like to do? Do mm -hmm. you think that's a good don't, idea don't for people in, in their rush. 20s? Mm -hmm. Okay, don't Never be in a rush. Never be in a rush. Just take your time and one step at a time. Yeah. No, that's amazing. And what can we expect from you in your future now? You've had your dream job. <laughs> You've moved to America. What, what can we expect from Maria in the future? Probably Maria in the future can be the most amazing, amazing grandmother ever when the grandchildren will come up. <laughs> Not from me. Not from me. You have the grand chihuahuas. Two grand chihuahuas. I have grandpappies, but close enough, close enough. Eventually, I'm hoping that one day we'll have my own grandchildren. <laughs> We'll see what happens. But give me like 10 more years you or something know. You like never that. Know. I don't think it's in the books for me to have babies we are not when I'm 24. We're not in a rush. Yeah, we're not in a rush. Uh -huh. That came from yeah. her. We are not in a rush. But okay, let's give some words of wisdom to these people in their 20s. So I'm just going to ask you some quick questions and I just need quick answers. All right. This is like rapid fire. Okay. What was the worst advice you received in your 20s? It was so many bad advices. But what's the worst <laughs> one? The worst one out of all of them. Yes, live the way you live right now, and this is the type of life you, that you will have. 
And I was like, no, 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 no. That there's no way to improve your life. They basically told you. Basically that. Oh, that's horrible. And I was like, no, no, no. There's something more that I need to. I need to explore out there. Yeah. Okay, what's your favorite Mexican food? Probably Mexican chicken tamales. Oh, she just made some and I didn't get to eat them and I'm very upset. Everyone else ate them and I was hungry. Okay, good. What's your favorite American food? My favorite American food, it will be a very delicious steak with mashed potatoes. Yeah. Traditional, classy. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or what was the first American word you remember learning? Word in English. I don't know why I said American. English. Uh, Yes. That was the first word. (laughs) Yes. Remember, is what I told the guy at the restaurant, at the Chinese restaurant. Everything that he was asking, I was like, yes, 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 yes. That's why he gave me the note, because I gave him a yes without knowing what he was asking for. Okay, so, yeah. yes. <laughs> and Do you actually, think- another word that it was very funny, the word tamales, because I was going, I was going to... Uh, at one point, I was selling tamales to pay for your college mm-hmm. when you guys were babies, and I think so. It was funny, but I didn't know how to sell my own tamales, so I was like, tamal, uno dollar, uno dollar. And I thought I was speaking English. You're just using but a different accent? Spanish. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah. Okay, next question, next question. Do you think that music helps contribute to make you happier? If you listen to, like, happy music, you think I can boost your mood? Oh, my gosh, absolutely. Music can make anybody happy. Yeah. And remember what I always told you. Even if I'm dead one day and I am already (laughs) in the casket and you put the good music, I will come back to life. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's not going to happen for any time soon. Let's knock on wood. Oh God, you want to party for your funeral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to be dancing on the casket. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, okay. In life in your 20s, what do you recommend is one thing that every 20-year-old experience? Explore. Like Just travel or what do you mean? Explore, travel, mm-hmm. visit different places. Um don't sit just in one place and be like, oh, no, I can't. Hmm. I can't do it. No, give yourself some time and explore. Yeah. That's amazing. And do you think people in their 20s have to have everything figured out? Do you think that's normal? No, 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 no. no. In their 20s, no. They're too young. They're just babies in their 20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they still need some, some more time. When do you yeah. think is the age that defines you as like a real adult that like you should have things figured out you should be settled down probably in your 30s just sometime in your 30s in your 30s yeah so there's no rush y'all there's no rush no no rush at all you can live in the terrible 20s be fine and then yeah yeah, yeah. come out good on the other side on the 30s Uh yeah absolutely perfect and what is one thing that you would change about your life in your 20s i will be traveling to different places Mm-hmm. If you will go back in time, in my 20s, I will be exploring and traveling to many different places. Yeah, just to explore. And do you yeah. have one place on your bucket list? Europe. Do you have a specific place in Europe? Uh, not really. Anywhere? Paris, anywhere. Anywhere in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> we were literally talking about this Italy earlier today. Or, yeah, Paris, Italy. Yeah. And then my last question for you today is, what is the most beautiful memory you have about life in your 20s? When you and your brother were born. 
Uh, so nice. Oh my god. Thanks. Of course. Well, y'all, that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for coming on, Mom. Thank you so much for having me over. You think another episode soon? More margaritas we'll soon? See, no margarita and we'll see. <laughs> Just bribe her with margaritas and it's okay. All right. Oh god. Thank well, you so much. Yeah, y'all have a great rest of your week. Go drink a margarita if you haven't already. And I and like I mine classic. She likes her strawberry. But with that being said, we'll see you guys later. Love y'all. Talk to you guys Bye. soon. Bye. Bye.